Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Lift your hands toward heaven for just a moment. It has to be a continuously praise coming from the people of God. And Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are good, that your mercy endures forever, that we're blessed and we're blessed when we come in. We're going to be blessed when we go out. We'll be blessed in the city. We'll be blessed in the field. And whatever we put our hands to, it will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, um, before I get into the message, I just want to share just a few brief announcements. Uh, Go ahead and be seated if you haven't already. Amen. Um, We are so thankful for all that God has done, that God is doing, and that God will do. This week, we want to encourage you, get in. Every morning, you have an opportunity to jump in for prayer. Jump in in prayer every morning if you can. We start early. 5 a.m. in the morning. Amen. I know some of you are saying, I hit the snooze button at that time, Pastor. Well, if you hit the snooze button, okay. Uh, Men, we start our prayer session at 6 a.m. And we ask all men, join in with us. Pray over your home. home. Pray over that commute that you perhaps are making or about to make. Pray over this world in which we're living in because we are living, the Bible says, in perilous times. And the Bible says a man ought to what? Always pray. Always praying is something that the people of God do. Um, That happens every day of the week for the 5 a.m.ers. Every Monday for us men at 6. On Wednesday, we start prayer again. Again, keeping in line with what the scripture tells us. A man ought to always pray. So at 6.30 p.m., We start prayer again, corporately. Now, I know you understand that I'm sharing with you that these are times that we corporately pray. But you should be praying individually every day. Whatever time that is. Morning, afternoon, evening. We should be praying. It is through prayer that you are able to avail much. It is through the deception that you don't need God's input in your life. That the devil will deceive people in thinking, I can make it on my own. How many of you know you cannot make it on your own? The Bible tells us he's the vine, we are the branches. Whatever fruit you are producing, it is because the vine is supplying that source. So stay involved in the prayer that's happening. Stay involved in the study. The Bible says each one of us should study the Bible to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, but able to rightly divide this word of truth. Studying is a part of a Christian's life. They study the word. It is not just in reading it, studying it. In other words, you go deeper than just reading things on the surface. I skim a newspaper. I cannot skim my Bible. I skim books. 
I look for just key points and I move on. But my Bible, I have to go deep. And let me just say this, when studying your Bible, it is not something that we're saying. Uh, I, oftentimes, I know you've seen these things that says, I'm going to go through the Bible in one year. What good is that if you don't understand a thing that you have gone through in one year? So I tend to say this, go for depth, not distance. Everybody say that with me. Go for depth, not for distance. Depth means I'm getting deep into the word. If you'll get into the word, then the word will get into you. Amen? Now let me just share this. Um, time and time again I've heard people say to me, Pastor, um, ministry, what's the most exciting time? And some will even ask the question, what is the saddest time? Uh, there are two things that I will just be honest with you that I don't necessarily get a great enjoyment doing. One is weddings. So you don't get enjoyment doing a wedding. You don't get excited about people getting married. It's because I, I struggle with how we do our receptions. Because I find that people tend to drift back to worldliness when it comes to their reception. It's almost like we stand before the altar and we forgot just what we were speaking and who we were speaking with before. And then the other thing, of course, is funerals. And we have one coming up this Saturday. Uh, my family uh, from Carolinas and other locations are here for a family reunion, but this is one of those times where I know I have to leave the 99 and go help the one. And so there's a lady, she just recently joined, and many of you would watch her because she would come in with an oxygen tank, and uh, I remember just a few weeks ago baptizing her. She was one of probably the oldest members that I've ever baptized here at Rainbow. But she went home to be with the Lord on Wednesday. Her name is Ida Reynolds. And so we are going to just be ministering to the family, her children. Um, many of them live out of town and will be having to travel here for her funeral. We'll have that at 10 a.m. on Saturday. That's when the wake will start. And at 11 o'clock, uh, we will be eulogizing our sister uh, and celebrating with her family in the home going of Miss Ida. I had... Uh, privilege of just sitting and having that private conversation with her and I just know that she was saying pastor I'm getting my life right with God how many of you know you need to get your life right with God Amen. you don't know the day you don't know the hour yeah. and that's why it's so important never, never to put off what you can do today every one of us will have to as it were give account of our lives amen um I see Sister Benita back there. I'm going to mention your name in some portion of this service, Benita, so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Amen. This morning, um, my focus, my wife's focus, our focus is on taking time. The Bible says, give honor to whom what? Honor is due. And I know this is a busy weekend for travel, and um, back in the day, I would do that. If a uh, 4th of July was coming on a Tuesday, that meant Monday <laughs> was also a holiday. I was making it a four-day, a five-day weekend if I could. And so we realize a lot of people are out of town. And so I may call some names because we want to celebrate the day. Um, young men and women who graduated from high school, 
those who have continued their education and, and um, gotten associate degrees, bachelor degrees, master's degrees, and for some, you've gone on and got your doctorate degree. And that's not a small thing. Amen? Amen. That's an accomplishment, and I think it ought to be celebrated. I, ought to, I think it ought to be celebrated in the house of the Lord. I'm proud of these young men and women because uh, 12 years in school, that's a long time. Yet when we get older, we feel like it's a short time. Because when I look at you children, and again, I'm going to call you children. You know, a, a nearly 70-year-old man can call you a child. Amen. When I look at you at your 20s, your 18, 19, 20, 21. But you grow up so fast. I look out now, I see a lot of you, and it's like, what's a lot of you? She's no, a lot of you finished college. Gabby was my little girl, and she finished at Stanford already. That's like, wasn't that yesterday? I remember Vanita talking to kids about Harvard and Yale and Stanford, and uh, some of them grabbing a hold of it and running with it. University of Maryland and others talking to kids about junior college or, you know, hey, you're, in the first two years, you're getting your prerequisite. You know, I, I j they just didn't talk to them enough about Johnson C. Smith University because <laughs> none, <of them> went <laughs> none of them went to Smith. <laughs> but wherever you're going to enhance your knowledge and your academic uh, prowess, that's a good thing, and we want to celebrate. I want my wife to come. Brother Felix, I believe you have some uh, gifts that we want to just hand out, and um, make sure you don't just throw this card away, because <laughs> this card will have something that can help you. I, I want to start, and some of, as I said, I know some of them are on vacation. We call, and, and they said, look, we're out of town. We're, we're, we're sorry. We apologize. Some are actually in the workplace already. Let me do say this concerning education, not every child is going to go to college. And that doesn't mean that you have failed. There are many that will venture into vocational. I always think about the guy who comes here uh, and he works on the air conditioned units and things in there. And every time he comes um, just to visit me, he charges me $150. And he says, I'm giving you a discount, Pastor. I said, discount? <laughs> $150 an hour? That's a discount? So there are many occupations that one can, in terms of making finances, we just don't want our kids to endeavor into any illegal occupation. But vocation is great. And there are times where, you know, especially if athletes, we know, make a, an absorbent amount of money when uh, uh, they come out, but there are many feels that God needs people of God in. There are many occupations. And I believe with the leading and the guidance of God, you get to determine what kind of collar you're going to wear. If you don't understand what I just said there, sometimes in our nation we have a tendency to say people are blue collar, white collar. Steve Jobs the late Steve Jobs said, I don't want no collar. You get to choose. Retirement is not attached anymore to 
hey, I'm going to get to be 65 and I retire. No, God can let you retire at 25. He can make you a multi-billionaire by that time. But you've got to be following God. I always read the story of the young man who heads up a computer company called Dell. He went to school. He stayed in school for a semester. And he realized that he was very good in cannibalizing computer equipment and making something more exciting and, and faster. And thus you have Dell Corporation. So we're saying to you, the direction that you're going, you don't want to just lean into your own understanding on it. You really want to acknowledge God in all your ways. And the Bible says, and he will direct your path. I'm going to call out some names, and I know that some of these names, actually, since I don't have my, oh, Miss Pat don't have her glasses either. <laughs> She's going to call these names out, and if you're here, and if it's a family member here that can receive on this, uh, these young people's uh, behalf, we would invite you to come and stand with us as well. Okay, so we're going to start with our high schools, and then we're going to move, as our list is, from uh, bottom to top. Uh, so, Miss Pat, if you'll call those names. All right, so she's indicating that there are some people that are on their way, but I'm going to call their names anyway. So, <laughs> amen. Okay, so we have Donovan and his brother, Darian. Now, you know, sometimes because of how school starts, um, because when your birthday happens. We're going to put you on the mic so that the streaming audience well, can hear morning. you. <laughs> good morning. I know I shared earlier. I think you all can hear me, right? But the streaming audience can't, oh. so talk into my mic. Oh, I get to be close. <laughs> Just to be close. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm back at church. Let's get it back. Reel it back. Reel it back. Okay. Um, so uh, Donovan and, and Darian, they are brothers, but you know how your birthday? Okay. Sometimes because of school, you can't start school because you were born maybe in January or whatever. So they are, they are um, different uh, ages, but got to complete school together from Paint Branch. And they're on their way. They had a family emergency. Their little doggy went to doggy heaven. So, but they're on their way here. She texted yeah. and said, we'll be here in a few minutes. Um, Donovan is already uh, working uh, in a resident uh, management type of position. Um, and he is already gonna hook him up probably with Ashley and Jacoby over here. He is already thinking of investing into um, buying and purchasing properties, so that is his heart's desire. Yeah, yeah, um, excellent. And then I'm gonna yeah. have to think about, um, I wish Darian was here. Okay. Darian's going to school in Pennsylvania. I cannot, where's my Amen. paper at? I don't remember, is it on here? The yeah. school, he's, um, he loves wrestling. Uh, so he's going to school. I don't think I put it on. He's going to school in Pennsylvania. I know that. Amen. So That's we want to give them a big shout out. Ah, uh, I don't know, Kanira. Let's call them Kanira Scott. Um, they did tell me yesterday they were going to be here, so we're going to pray and agree in Jesus' name. That I'm going to say well. this. Oftentimes, uh, you know, I am an on-time person. <laughs> I have always said our services start at this time and I do this because I believe that our word ought to be as good as God's word whatever you the Bible says God's yea is a yea his nay is a nay and so I know that some people are probably still commuting but 
we start on time, and we're going <laughs> to keep moving on. Amen? Okay. So then our next one is Jacoby Jones the second from Reservoir High School. Yes, come on mm -hmm. up here, Jacoby. Let us <laughs> see. Now you all know, um, some of you might know. And remember, he got shorter may too. Not remember because those <laughs> were the two cutest little boys sitting over there with their cute parents. Amen. Mm. Come stand right here beside me. <laughs> and uh, this young man has helped us a lot in the pantry. He has such a gentle spirit such a precious heart. Um, he is going to be going to his father's alma mater. Johnson Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be going to Morehouse. He's doing a double major, correct? Physics and aeronautical engineering. Right. Aerospace engineering. Okay. Ah, bless God. Mm. Now, I'm going to brag a little bit because he went to, to Tennessee, left us when he was 16 for a short little while, uh, went out there and decided he wanted to learn how to fly. So I got, they sent me videos, I got to see him uh, flying, right? So I'm excited, and uh, his parents are Morehouse and Spellman, <laughs> and he's a Morehouse guy, and his friend, she's a Spellman girl, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. so, um, uh -oh. so we're praying about all of this, and we are so grateful. So very proud of him and all the things that God is going to do Amen. in, through, and with him. And I'm Amen. <laughs> all right, let's pull Kunira back. we got to go a little faster. Okay. okay, and then we have Alexander Fuente, and he is Alex to us. And same thing, he was a little cute boy and did all of this stuff here. I think they are... From Wheaton High School, he's going to be going to Montgomery College. I think I saw Kanira come. Come on up, Kanira. Come up, baby. <laughs> she graduated from Magruder High up there, and she is also going to Montgomery College. This little girl's been my baby literally since she was born, literally. And over the years, watched her grow into such a beautiful lady. And she always volunteers and helps. Her mom and the others with toys for tops, so she probably doesn't want to see another toy um, for a long, long time, but worked very hard, very diligent, and uh, we thank God for all that he's going to do in her life, and we're grateful to have her as well. Amen. Amen. So get, hold on, did you give me that? Use that version. Oops. I think you want that? <laughs> um, well, um... After high school, we are thankful that people continue to pursue education, pursue jobs after, after high school, pursue careers. And uh, one who you just, uh, well, she's special to us. And um, she went off to Texas Bible College years ago, and she came back, and, and she has not stopped pursuing education. And she went on and uh, was pursuing an associate's degree here in her name, and you all see her from Sunday to Sunday, and uh, we call her our little girl, uh, Whitney Del Rosario. Come on, Whitney. And, and this, is her, this is her second associate's degree, <laughs> by the way, and she is going to University of Maryland right now. Nope. Mm. Howard. It's switching to Howard. Oh, yes, a bison. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Donovan and... Uh, Darian, would you come? Donovan and Darian. Okay, they just got here. Uh, 
Amen. <laughs> High schoolers. Hey, buddy. <laughs> this one over here was my pantry sidekick for mm -hmm. quite a while. <laughs> then uh, he grew up on me too and finished and decided he wants to do a lot. This is this is the young man over here who's pursuing all the investments and properties and all of that, correct? Amen. There we go. This baby right here, Justin, tell us the school, sweetheart. I, it's in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania College of Technology. Pennsylvania Amen. College of Technology. Okay. Praise God. So we are so proud of you all and so proud of, um, oh, and they graduated from Paint Branch, right? Amen. I'm going to get oh, these from Miss Pat because she's just going to hug him. <laughs> oh, done. God bless you. Yes, and known them since they were little boys, too. Amen. God. I love it when these babies stay with us and they stay connected Amen. to Jesus. Amen. And Thank you. Give them a big, big give, hand. Give them a big hand. Amen. You heard me mention a young lady by the name, and I have to remind myself she's a young lady now, not a child anymore. And we used to call her Gabby, but from now on I'm going to call you Gabrielle. <laughs> Gabrielle just finished at uh, Stanford, and uh, we are so proud of her. God bless you. Amen. Amen. International relations, right? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. God bless you. Amen. I think she wants to do that. Amen. <laughs> God bless. Amen. <laughs> Our resident photographer went on leave, and Mr. Ron, I'm sure you're watching, amen, but uh, Dr. Parsons is doing a good job taking photos today. Yes, <laughs> she is. University of Maryland, and um, well, we're very proud of you, a lot of you, so come. Bless <laughs> God. Amen. God bless you. <laughs> amen. Let me put this envelope in your hand. Oh. Amen. No, I forgot what the degree was in, but I know it did something for better. Let her shoot. Or let you shoot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Animal science. There you go. Management. There you Amen. go. Amen. See, I can't get it straight, but that's okay. All right. Praise God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if Alyssa's here. I'm just honoring. Don't see we'll her next, but we're going to tell you. Um, most of you know Irene George. Uh, she needs to back over there. Her sisters are here visiting, but we were with them on Friday, so I'm trusting everything is well. Their uh, second daughter, uh, Melissa George, graduated, and boy, did she, like Gabby, she took a lot of awards. Um, trying to think what Amen. it was right here. From St. John's College. Right, and it was in liberal arts. So I just wanted to make sure to say what it is and to uh, acknowledge her. And again, we knew Melissa when she was in her mother's womb, and of course her sister, uh, who graduated a few years ago. Don't tell her. them how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so thankful. And she uh, she was up in New York, so uh, I'm not I'm trusting that it is well with them today. Amen. And so we're going to continue to move. Oh, and we want to at least say this. <laughs> we got to say this because he's our son. Can't leave him out. Amen. So our son, Joseph Polinario, who you all know is in the Air Force, he yeah. just finished with his, bachelor, his bachelor's in business leadership from the University of Arizona. 
Okay. Thank God. Amen. And so there are those who finish a bachelor's degree, finish an associate's degree, and they pursue continued education. Now, she's not here this morning, and if she, she may be uh, out of town. Uh, Tanya Liriano received her master's degree. Amen. Pu public uh, Health Administration from Georgetown yeah. University. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then um, one who refers to herself as a blue ribbon sheep. You know, we are the sheep of the Lord, the sheep of his pastor, the sheep of his hand. And Terry is a server, and she is one of those people that is so reliable, and you can count on. And she finished her doctor's degree, Terry L. Bell, our elder. She's out of town celebrating uh, anniversary, she and Brother Ron, but we are proud of her. Um, and then um, there's this sister who's this, I call her uh, the creative drama and uh, presentation person, and that's Icy Barton. She didn't even wait till I call her name. Yeah. She said, I know who you're talking about, Mr. Icy. God bless you. And she likewise received her doctorate. God bless you. We're proud of you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I have my doctorate in business administration with a concentration in human resources from uh -huh. Walden University. All Amen. Right. Praise God. Glory. And then, of course, this one happened a little bit earlier. I think she was kind of ahead of her, uh, her, her class, but uh, Sister Miriam, we didn't forget about you. Come on. She Come received on, her doctorate yes. just recently, yes. Dr. Miriam. <laughs> Amen. Dr. Elliot. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank God you. bless you. Give them all a great round of applause and a hand clap. God bless them. God bless them. God bless them. Amen. Well, when you came in this morning, hopefully the ushers gave you a sheet of paper. It's just a little note taker, three points that I want to make. And it's a challenge that I want to make to those of you who have graduated from high school or college. And, and we're turning, uh, as we would say, a new chapter in our lives. But some things that I believe that the Bible would tell us as we are making this progression in our lives there are things that we can't forget to do. If you didn't have a sheet or if you don't have a sheet, I'd like for you to raise your hands. The usher will bring one to you, and we'll get right over into the Word. And Father, I thank you that you will help me to deliver a Word in a timely manner. But something, Father God, that won't leave us, but will be a portion or a part of us that helps to keep us on that straight and narrow path that you are calling all of us to be. And Father, we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Now, the first thing I'd like to draw your attention to is the scripture. And it's there on in your note, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Because as you enter into the next chapter of your life, don't try to enter it without having your steps ordered by the Lord. And this English Standard Version that we selected for this text says, Let no one despise you for your youth. And of course, we know that 
Paul is addressing directly to his spiritual son, Timothy. And this is how Ms. Pat and I see you as spiritual sons and daughters. And we are saying to each one of you, don't let anybody despise your youth. God can use young people. God can use old people. God can use anybody that will surrender to him. And so it says, let no one despise you for your youth, but, see, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Some of you are going off to school. Some of you are going into workplace. Some of you are continuing in internships, apprenticeships. But wherever you land, people ought to see something in your conduct. They ought to see something in the way you talk. They ought to be able to recognize the love of God in you, and they ought to be able to know that you are a man or woman of faith and that you live a pure and a holy life. How many of you know the Bible says, Be ye what? Holy, as I am what? Holy. So that's what we want from you as you continue to turn to this next chapter of your life. In verse 13 it says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Now, what does that mean? Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. Folks, you are a living testament. And the Bible says you are being read daily by people. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People will know that you are one of Christ's disciples. The Bible says it's because of the love that you have one for another. And what Paul says to Timothy, as I am sharing with you, you've got to devote yourself to that, though. You've got to stay committed to the things that you have learned in your youth, especially the things you can learn, have learned about the kingdom of God. Verse 14 says, neglect, do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. There are giftings in all of you, and many of you have worked besides Sister Pat and I, and we've seen the giftings of God in each one of you as children. We're just saying to you, don't let distractions cause you to let, allow your eyes to drift away from who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Everything in this life begins with God. Everything will end with God. We don't want you in the middle to lose sight of that. The Bible says, seek ye what? First, what? The kingdom of God. No, seek ye first a career. The kingdom of God. Come on, I'm going to have to check your Bibles. Seek ye first a title. The kingdom of God. Seek you first money. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says, all the other things. What, other, what else that other thing is, God will add that to you. But trust me, if you leave God out in trying to build your house, to build your career, it will fall. This is why when we preached a few weeks and talked about, you know, Oh, I was in South Carolina when I was preaching this message. Building on a firm foundation. There are people who build 
the Bible says, on foundation. I think you know this, and if you've been in Washington, D.C., or even around this area, you, sometimes you look and you say, wow, that's a deep hole. They've started excavation. They start digging and drilling, and, and you go, that's a deep hole. How many of you know the deeper you dig, the higher you can build? There is no house that I would dare want to move in that no one decided to dig a foundation. They just decided, I'm going to put some bricks here. I'm going to put some wood and lumber here. And you know what's going to happen when the wind comes, when the rain comes, when the pressure comes. That house is going to tumble. But the person who keeps digging, and that's what we are saying to you, you can't stop in your relationship with Christ. You must continue to dig deeper into that relationship. This God who created you, this God who sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save you. See, we were all born into sin. You were born into Adam born into sin but you are get born again and now we're born into who Christ it is no longer us it's now Christ in us that's the hope of glory and so Paul is encouraging his spiritual son Timothy don't neglect this gift that you have verse 15 says practice these things immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. The world should be able to see the progress of a Christian and to realize that when they were looking to other gods, you were looking to the true and living God. And God will never fail you. In the Bible, there are illustrations, in, especially in the Old Testament, where um, people would even try to put God, the living God, to the test. Elijah was one of those prophets of God who came up against what we call the uh, prophets of Baal. And they were put to the test. God was put to the test. And you know who came out on top. I won't preach that lesson, but basically Elijah said to them, why don't you call on your God and I'll call on my God? He says, why don't we just put some things on an altar? What they did, they put a wood on the altar. Elijah says, why don't we make it interesting? When you call on your God, I'm going to call on my God, and we're going to call for our God to bring down fire. You call on your God to bring down fire. I'll call on my God to bring down fire. And so he says, but to make it interesting, why don't we just soak all of the wood in water? How many of you know it, you, it, it's not easy to start a fire with wet wood? And the Bible says they put so much water on the, the, the offering, on the sacrifice, on that wood, that it was running. It was, they had to dig trenches because the water was so much. Elijah was saying, I trust. How many of you trust God? Amen. How many of you trust God? See, Elijah says, I trust my God. I'm not tempting my God. I'm just proving that my God is who he says that he is and that he can do what he says that he can do. And so, of course, uh, the time went on with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and the Bible says they began to just cry out, um, help us, our God, and they were calling to an idol God. They even got to the point that they thought, well, wh what will I do? The Bible says they started cutting themselves. 
trying to get that God to hear that cry. How many of you know you don't have to cut yourself? Jesus has been pierced with a sword. He has bled. He has died for you. You don't have to shed blood. You just have to remember the blood. You just have to remember the blood that was shed for you. But that, on that particular instance, they are crying and they are cutting themselves. And, and finally, Elijah goes, wow, you guys been at it for a while. And then he calls on God. And the Bible says fire came down from heaven. The Bible says the fire of God lapped up the water that was in the trenches. The wet wood just burst into flames. That's standing on the promises of God. Standing in confidence. The Bible tells all of us, cast not away your confidence. Don't let anybody deceive you that there is no God. I always tell people, no matter how smart you feel like you get, you should be smart enough to know that you didn't evolve from some explosion. You didn't evolve from some ape or animal. God created you. And the Bible says in Genesis, he created you in his likeness. He created you in his image. He created you in spirit, just like God is a spirit. How I many of you know God is a spirit? And he who worshiped God, the Bible says you worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. So don't forget about the fact that God is a spirit and he's looking for you to get in touch with the fact that you are spirit as well. You are spirit. And so, when he says put it into practice in verse 15, he's saying, don't just be a hearer of God's word, be a doer of God's word. Verse 16 says this, keep a close watch. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. People are going to be able to listen to you, see you, hear you, and they should see something in you, hear something in you, in you that lead them to Christ. You know, we were so blessed last week. We were leaving the service, and one of our spiritual son, uh, who is doing an internship right now in Houston, he just called. He said, I, I just wanted to tell you I was listening to the service. He called Miss Pat, Mama. She says, Pastor's on the line. I got you on speaker. Hey, Pastor. He helped me out with them numbers that I got mixed up last week, too, with Gideon. But it was good to know as far as Houston, Texas, you know, we, that's a different time zone. But he was up. He was listening. He was hearing. So no matter where you go, stay plugged in. Stay plugged in. You've got to stay plugged in to the things of God. Stay plugged in to the people of God. And be an influencer in a godly way. Don't let's just go and you go with the crowd. The Bible says bad company will corrupt your good behavior. We don't want your good behavior to be corrupted. We want that good behavior to be developed and that you become the influencer. That you are not tossed to and fro by every wind in, that, in every doctrine. That you are steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. I shared with you in my um, 
experience in my freshman year in college, I had said to myself, I've been going to church all my life. My parents made me go to church. If you lived in Wallace Drumming's house, when Sunday morning came, you went to church. So I said, when I got on my college campus, I'm grown. I'm a man. <laughs> and I'm not going this Sunday morning. And I didn't. And I can say this with all sincerity, that was one of the most miserable Sundays that I ever had. It was out of my norm. It was out of my character. It was out of who I really am. How many of you know you're a child of God? And the Bible says children of God, they draw near to God. God draws near to them. And this is how you're able to resist the devil and the devil will flee. I've said this in trying to help people to understand that. Some things we think that can sustain without. In other words, a fish. Where should a fish be if it's going to live? But you can take a fish out of the water, can't you? Will he live if you take him out of the water? Not for long. That's the correct answer. He will live, or it will live for a period of time, but not for long. I mean, you know, God is trying to get you to live eternally. I don't know about whether you know this. This morning, there are several people that got tagged with a tag, and they're laying on a slab called a morgue. And they would trade places with you, and they would say to you, it wasn't long. Whether they lived a decade or two decades or three decades, you understand? It wasn't long. And God is wanting you to have a long life. The Bible literally said, God will satisfy you with long life. He has said, Jesus has come to give you eternal life. Don't substitute it for something temporary. Go for the real thing. Go for the real thing. And so the next Sunday on my college campus, I started walking. The campus was located at 100 Betis Ford Road. I started walking. I just started moving toward the east. I found the church. It became my church, my home church, away from home. I was asked to come back to my home church just a few weeks ago, and I was sharing this is a church that has survived 155 years. Started by a slave. He actually started 42 churches, which all 42 are still active today because that's a man who didn't deviate from his roots. You can't, and I'm suggesting, don't deviate from your foundation. Amen. Everything began with Christ. Everything is going to end with Christ. And I found a family there, and I'm encouraging you, those of you who are coming out of high school, I'm encouraging you, get connected with a local church wherever you're going to go to school. If you're going out of town, get connected with a local church somewhere. Those of you that's going to be in town, you're going to an in-state in, in, uh, in university, you're going to be close to Rainbow, then I expect to see you on Sunday. Don't just say you're grown and you're not going. I made that mistake and felt miserable that whole day because I said to myself, is this what people do? 
See, there is a Sabbath, and God said it from the very beginning. He says, there's a Sabbath. You're supposed to stop from all of your labor, all of your recreation, all of these things, and make a declaration to the world, I love God. I serve God. You know, in October, we'll be traveling to Israel. And I've never been to Israel at any point, and, and I, I think I'm on my eighth journey there now. But I've never been in, at a time where when their observed Sabbath day begins, that people don't stop. Everything closes. You're not doing any shopping when the Sabbath comes. No shop is open when the Sabbath comes. You're not doing any work when the Sabbath comes. Even our tour guide will tell us, you're on your own. Because he's going to spend time with his family and his God. The Sabbath has to come back. You know, a lot of times we sing a song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Folks, that's the key in the book of Revelation when God said to the church at Philadelphia, I see this that you're doing and what you're accomplishing and applauds. I paraphrase by doing that. But he also says, but I have this against you. You have forgotten your first love. Don't go and forget God. Say, my first love, my first love is, God. is God. Has to be. God has to be first. As much as I love my wife, Miss Pat, and as much as Miss Pat love Pastor, God is first. I don't come first in her life. Close second. <laughs> but God is first. <laughs> Gotta be first. Same thing for every one of you at every level of educational accomplishment that we were trying to recognize. Let God arise. Keep God in his proper place in your life. Don't forsake God because God won't forsake you. I'm thankful. I'm just going to let a few secrets out. Charles, stand up. I, I see you back there. Give him a hand clap. This is a colonel in the United States Air Force. He went to the Air Force Academy. He's been through navigation. Jacoby, you need to meet him today and as we talk about flying and doing those things. That's somebody that you want to know. And Charles is a... a, a but here's one. You can sit back down because I don't want to put you on the spot here. But I am putting him on the spot because Charles is so humble that when he was even in other areas and other countries, at four o'clock, I pastor has a standing appointment every Sunday at four o'clock. It's with him. Why? Because Charles said to me when he was a young man, before, and you know, I know him now as a full bird colonel. Just coming up, butterballs to uh, bars to clover leaves uh, and full bird. But he said, I want to know how to be a spiritual man. And so four o'clock, we talk every Sunday. There are a few that we miss, and that's only because he's got to travel somewhere that he can't tell me where he's traveling. 
or I'm in a meeting that uh, I, I'm asking him to give me an opportunity not to meet at that four, but we are consistent. And when he came back here recently, he said, Pastor, let's sit down and have a meal together. And we went, Miss Pat, you were in North Carolina, and we went to a somewhere called Smoky Bones. And we, we talk. And we talk deep things. We talk life. We talk about what it's going to take in the environment when you're going to be in environments, folks, where people are not going to be godly. You're going to be sometimes in school where people are not godly. You're going to be in workplaces where people are not godly. But how do you continue to be godly? Because the Bible says you're in this world, but you can't be of it. Be ye separated. Come out from among it. And you know what? Don't think that living for God and doing things for God will cause you to be lesser. Ask Mr. Kathy, the late Mr. Kathy who founded Chick-fil-A. Ask him why Chick-fil-A's don't open on Sunday. Anybody knew that? Even when he died, there was a board meeting and people wanted to open up on Sunday. And they said, no, we're not doing it. Do you know that their profit margins are just right behind McDonald's? But they never opened on Sunday because Mr. Kathy found Christ. Used to be in every Chick-fil-A you went in, you would hear Christian music. I know some of the owners have tried to switch it up a little bit, but I want you to know it started with a... This was a man who was an orphan. This was a man who started a home for orphan children in Kentucky. Hundreds of children live in that home. Every one of them are guaranteed a four-year college degree. All they have to do is maintain a B average, or a 3.0 as we would now use it in a numerical term. He was committed, but one thing he was committed to, every one of his chains, every one of those buy-ins or operated organizations called Chick-fil-A he would insist, we need to be, thank you for that word, franchise. Everyone else, we need to be in the house of the Lord because it's the Sabbath. Amen. We won't lack. How many of you know you will lack no good thing with God? Amen. And so that's what he focused on, and that's what he was trying to focus those young orphans because he said, how did I get from being an orphan to being this multi-billionaire? Uh, God. See, when you let God arise, God will take you further than you could ever take yourself. Amen. Now, you have a sheet of paper in, in front of you and it has some blanks in it. Number one would be this. Live an exemplary life. Live an exemplary life. What am I saying to you graduates today? to all of the people that are here, the people that are listening, live an exemplary life. You find this, if you would put a scripture there, I would say to you put 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 through 22. I'll read it for the sake of time. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Now, the Gentiles at that time represented the unsaved. 
But he says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject to the Lord's, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. Folks, in other words, give honor to whom honor is due. It's okay to realize that you're going to be in the military. I'm a military. I'm a retired military man myself. And in the military, there will be officers, some of them younger than me. I had no problem saluting. I had no problem saying yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. The Bible says be subject to the people that are in authority over you. How, how do you think you would address the president? Hey, Joe, how you doing? No, I think you would address him as what, Mr. President? Anybody ever been in a courtroom? You think you would roll up there, hey, Judy, baby? Um, no, even Judge Judy, you're going to need to address her as your honor. What is God saying? That's not a bad thing. I don't know how we got to the point of giving honor to whom honor is due as a bad thing. Matter of fact, it takes you a long way. It'll actually open doors for you. I give and I go back into the history of uh, doing summer camp, and I'm so thankful that we've got... Um, eight or nine people doing what I used to do by myself. But I do remember always wanting to give our children an experience that they perhaps never had. And that experience for me was taking them to a five-star restaurant. Now we would download a lot of information. We would talk to them about why do you have all these forks on the settings? Why do you have all of these glasses? And, 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 and it was just, you know, this word etiquette. But I didn't want them to go in an environment and feel embarrassed that I don't know what to do. And so we would spend time, we'd pull down even the menu from the restaurant and say, you know, this is what this means. This is what this represents. And so I would uh, charter a limousine bus. And we'd take our kids down. But here was the thing, though. Boys, you would have to put on at least a shirt and tie. Jacket would be nice, but at least a shirt and tie. Young ladies, nothing with holes. Matter of fact, I would prefer if you wear a dress if you have one or a skirt if you have one. But we're going. The way you present yourself speaks to people that are going to receive you. And so we went to this five-star restaurant. And I can remember, it had been a, a rainstorm. Actually, power was out in certain sections of the city. And I said, not where we're going. And we went. And we went to this five-star restaurant. And I could, they put the, us into what we call an atrium area. We had a big group. I think it was about 30 or more of us. And so they set us in an area. But we had done things with our young men. We said, when the young ladies get ready to sit down, you pull the chair out. You push the chair in, and you don't sit until they sit. Manners, folks, that's all it is. You respond 
when asked. Yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, whoever is serving you. And so the first thing that I noticed when we went there is that our server wasn't so nice. But yet our children maintain a level of just responding. Yet they were very sure of themselves on what they were going to order. They were saying things like, thank you. How many of you know thank you is a good thing? Just thank you. And all of a sudden, I began to notice a change in that server. It went from being the sad sack to being very helpful. And then here's the most incredible thing. We had a couple, older couple, come up to me. He says, who are these children? <laughs> I said, excuse me, what do you mean? He said, we've never seen so many well-behaved children. We want to pay for their meal. You understand, when you go to a restaurant with 30-plus kids and probably about eight adults, and somebody picks up your tab. It's one thing to pick up a tab for one person, but it's a whole different thing when you pick up a tab for about 40 people at a five-star restaurant. Why? Because of their behavior. Because of their... I never... This is why I want you guys to go to Johnson C. Smith. <laughs> I wore a suit and tie almost every day. It was just my way of presenting myself. I won't tell you about the little stupid stuff I did. You know, and maybe I should, so that y'all don't, don't pick up any little false stuff that you do. I thought I was so cool that I went and bought pipes. I bought a pipe for every suit that I had. I was color-coordinated. Now I realize... Boy, you were a fool, because you didn't smoke. You were just trying to look apart. You thought it represented something of scholarly or, um, but I do know it opened doors for me, not the pipe, but the way you presented yourself. And I, all I'm saying is that day, all of our children watched something spectacular happen just because of how they presented themselves. Young people, don't walk down with saggy pants. Everybody say underwear. underwear. What does it start with? Under. under. Where should the garment be? Under. under. It's not an outerwear. It's not a fashion statement. It's, it, it, it puts you in the category called SOS. Everybody know what SOS is? Stuck on stupid. Say, so where do you get that from? Kathy Hughes. And Kathy Hughes is a very successful businesswoman. Her husband, Dewey Hughes, was a very successful businessman. But they would always say, SOS. The reason that a lot of people don't make it is they're trying to blend in and assimilate with the crowd. You stand out. You don't assimilate in. You need to always know you're supposed to stand out. You're to stand out. Here's what finally would happen when we would leave this five-star restaurant. Remember the server who was kind of mean, who kind of started to soften, 
as he saw these kids so mannerable, not being frustrated. I call, I use my cell phone, I called the, the driver of the limousine bus that we were using, and he was pulling back up in front of the restaurant so that the kids could get on. And out comes out of the restaurant our server, along with about eight other servers, with these huge bags. Dessert. I mean decadent dessert. And he said, I've never seen, he said, I want to apologize. Because he said there was a group before you. They were horrible. <laughs> and I approach you all with that attitude that, oh no, here I go again. See, you can change the heart and the attitude of people by having the heart and the attitude of God. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Your love and your, the way that, and my dad would say, the way you carry yourself will make a difference. And young people, we want you to carry Christ in the forefront. Less and less of you and more and more of him. The Bible says we must decrease that he must, that, yeah. In order for him to increase, you have to decrease. Let me move to the second point so we can get on with this. Um. Do not neglect your spiritual growth. And that's what that second blank, or two blanks is. Do not neglect your spiritual growth. In other words, all I'm trying to say is strengthen your relationship with God. We're not saying that you don't know anything. You know something, but there's so much more to learn. Be open, be teachable. Humble yourself and pray. Read and study your Bible. And probably one of the key things for me is join a group of like-minded believers. Join a group of like-minded believers. In other words, folks, if you are going to soar like an eagle, you cannot be hanging out with turkeys. Join a group of like-minded believers. And then, finally, I would say, seek out your spiritual gifts. God has given every one of us a spiritual gift. Find what yours is. Discover what it is. And stay plugged up to someone that's a little older than you and can give you some wisdom and some counsel as you are going on your journey. Number three, I'm speeding up. If you want my notes, they are more in-depth. I'll give you a copy of them because I've got a lot of scriptures that I realize I'm not going to be able to cover. And I think I should give it to everyone that we gave a, a card to today. You should get this. Um, so at the end, uh, Denise or someone, if you can make a copy, and if you so desire it, I'm not going to force it on you, but it's a, it goes deeper than what I'm able to preach right now. Scriptures are in here, layers of scripture. But I would say to this, the third point would be this, persevere in your walk with Christ to the very end. Persevere in your walk. I know you're, you have a typo in your, your note there because it says um, persevere in you walk. Uh, pastor talks better than that. I was just in a hurry typing that. But persevere in your walk with Christ to the very end. Persevere. 
I'll give you some of the references that I had from the English Standard Version in Psalm 86, verse 11, would be one of those scriptures that I would reference. And it says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth and unite my heart to fear your name. Fear in this reference means reverence. You'll always have a reverence for God. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, also in the English Standard Version, it would say, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In other words, it's saying stay, stay the course. He who has begun a good work in you is going to be faithful and just to complete it in you. And finally, I think James would be the concluding scripture on this matter of perseverance. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness, some translation says patience, let it have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So persevere. And folks, you see this. I'm just trying to say to you young people, as you continue to turn another chapter in your life, don't let the chapter that you had with God be forgotten. Build build, build a further and stronger relationship with God. Because in the end you're going to see, and as old as we get, we realize so much in this life that is temporary, but the only thing that is eternal is God's Word. So much that we war after and pursue after, it passes away. The Bible says it becomes rusty. It becomes corrupt. It gathers moss. It will soon deteriorate. But the things of God are established. And we want you to be established in his word. The word will work if you'll work the word. I mentioned Sister Benita Hampton only because uh, in this morning I was coming in, in um, early in uh, 104.1 was the station that Miss Pat had the car program to, so I started listening. But they had a financial advisor, a certified financial advisor, just kind of talking from a, being a Christian young, and she talked from the perspective of how her family lost a thousand acres. How many of you know you can perish for a lack of knowledge? Didn't know how to financially secure their future. But I thought about the fact that so many people go through life and at the end of their life haven't saved a thing, haven't put anything or invested in anything, and most of it is because we lack knowledge. We lack knowledge. But young people, I want to say to you as you are starting out, don't make the same mistakes that your parents made. Not all parents made this mistake, but if you're coming in, you know, 
I tell people, when you're coming to the age of 70 or 60 or 65, retirement is not just based on you getting to be 65. You should be able to retire anytime you want to because God can bless you that way. Amen. But you need to do it God's way. Amen. You have to do it God's way. Amen. You're getting a fresh new start. You're getting a new chapter in your life. Do it God's way. Amen. Do it God's way. My father, being a farmer and loving agriculture, would say, and I see my niece sitting here, and I laugh when she would travel from Washington, D.C. to South Carolina. Uh, I think she quickly learned, if you are going to spend time with granddaddy, he will put you in the garden. You learn to plant. You learn to sow. You learn. One thing that he would say is this, you can't eat up all your seed. We planted corn. We planted other vegetables that required a seed or a, a seedling. You can't eat it all, folks. And whatever God blesses you with, he is not intending for you to eat it all on consumer purchases. Young people, you don't have to have it all at once. There's something we call delayed gratification. My expression about that is pay now, play later. But if you play now, you will pay later. You've got to get focused Amen. and stay focused. Life will pass you by. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it will go quickly. While you're in school, it looks like it's going to take forever. I can't wait till I graduate. Look, I would love to go back to school. Yeah, elementary school, if I could. <laughs> I would just want to know what I know now. That's why it's so important to have people in your life telling you now so that you don't repeat their mistakes. Amen? Amen. Jesus instituted a sacrament, and it's called communion. The reason that he instituted it is because he said, I know you are apt to forget. And so therefore, I want to put something in motion that will help you to remember that a sacrifice was made. All of you high school students especially, I want you to stand up again. Stand up. If you, you, you just graduated from high school, stand up. If those were, we just recognized, would you stand up? Wherever you are, just stand up. What I want you to do is to look at your parents and I want you to give them an ovation. Amen. Give them an ovation. Because why? They have sacrificed for you. They have made some sacrifices that you may not be fully aware of. Come on. Why don't we as a congregation stand up and congratulate parents as well? Because those children didn't get where they were without the help, without the sacrifice, without the love, without the commitment that parents made on their behalf. And so I always try to save that for last. But I don't ever forget, you don't get there on your own. And you won't get through life on your own. Your heavenly Father should always be applauded and thanked for what he has done. And Jesus said to his disciples on that very night, this cup, this bread, 
They represent something. The greatest sacrifice that man has ever known. Tuesday will be July 4th. And the focus will be on independence. But I want you to know your independence didn't come in 1776. Your independence came well before that. How many know Jesus has set us free? Amen. And whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. Your true independence. Your new life. Your new chapter. My new chapter. Jesus made it possible. And never forget it. Never forget. This is why it's often said, don't forget from whence you've come. Never forget. We're going to, as the ushers are passing out these, we're, we all want to take this together. We all want to take it at the same time. So when you get it, I would just simply say to you, shake well. And then open that little cellophane top that's there and take the bread out. If you need somebody to assist you, I always do. I don't have any fingernails and I have a problem opening it up. I'm thankful for the armor bearers that work with me and they open it up. <laughs> that's my baby. <laughs> Amen. And that's what I love about this. I, I, I love them when they're, 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 they're at that age and they just want to cling around you. We are still training them. But we, we appreciate your children and their love that they have for us and the love that we have for them. But that all comes from God. As we say, we will never make a child sit with us. It's their choice. And we're thankful for the choices that they make. God will never make you sit at his table. You have to choose to sit at the table of the Lord. But you're all invited. Everyone is invited. And this is why today, the Bible says, when you have this, you are literally saying, God, I've accepted your invitation to sup with you. I'm taking this. We tend to call it the Lord's Supper. But I'm taking this because I have accepted your invitation. And the Bible says, when you taste and see the Lord is good, I'm not talking about the juice that you're going to be drinking in a moment. I'm talking about tasting from the word of God and realizing through the word of God that this is something very sacred. God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you. I was listening. Miss Pat was flipping through sermons. Uh, she was listening to somebody. I just happened to be in the background, and it popped up, or I heard it pop up, and, and I heard this preacher say, you know, there are people who will say that they will die for you, but there are people who won't tell you that they'll live for you. There are people that won't tell you that they'll live for you. It's really living for God. He's already died for you. You don't have to die for Christ. But you got to live for him. Live for him. He came that you might live for him. That you might have his life, his spirit. And that's what you remember. That's what you focus on. It used to be when I was a child, every time they would do communion, all I could think of was a person on the cross dying and a person being tortured and a person just, just and God said, no, son, that's not what I want you to focus on. Because if you look at the cross now, 
I want you to see I'm not there. What's there is all the sin and all of the things that would have kept you out of heaven. Jesus nailed that to the cross. So if you want to look at the cross, God said, look at the cross and realize what used to bind me has dropped powerless behind me. And all I need to do is now just, what? Praise the Lord and give thanks and remember he has done great things. Thank you, Brother Felix. Take the bread out if you can. It's a little wafer. They're designed to be flat because it represents the exit from Egypt. And when the people were exiting Egypt, thus you get this book in your Bible called Exodus, they didn't have time to let the bread rise. How many of you, you know how to bake? If you know how to bake, if you are making the dough from scratch, you've got to let it rest so that it can rise. Now, I've had people didn't do that, and they put it in the oven, and it came out about like this. And pastor don't like no flat biscuits. You've got to have some rise in it. So it represents that. It's a remembrance that we used to be in a rush. You don't have to rush. God says you don't, you don't have to be anxious about anything. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It, yes, it does represent the body. But Jesus' body was bruised so that your body, my body, our body could be healed. Say, I'm healed. I'm healed. Why? Because the Bible says by his stripes. I don't know if you understand what stripes and how stripes has to do with anything because a lot of times when we use that term, people think about stars and stripes and other things. I'm talking about a brutal beating. I'm talking about somebody lashing your back until there are stripes on it. I'm talking about somebody beating you so brutally that blood comes gushing out of you. And when we talk about by his stripes, that's what we're talking about. Because Jesus was beaten so that you wouldn't be beat. So that you could have success. So that you could be healed. So that you could be whole. He said, don't forget it. And as often as you do this, you show that you remember a sacrifice was made on your behalf. So take the bread together now. Take the bread together. You and I now are the body of Christ. You remember that. You're not forgotten. You're not insignificant. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Call out of darkness. Over into the marvelous light. Likewise, the Bible says Jesus took his cup and said, this cup represents my blood that was shed for the remission of your sin. We like to say it like this. Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe. We had a debt that we could not pay. 
And Jesus became the scapegoat. He took your sin, my sin, the world's sin on him. That we now can enjoy what we enjoy, life. And life more abundantly. Amen? Amen. Revelation says it this way. This is how you overcome now. By what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Take the cup together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead and stand to your feet. We'll give the benediction. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. I was so sure that we would be finished at 11 o'clock. <laughs> hey, baby. Amen. Lift your hands to what happened. Lift your hands to what happened. Father, in the precious and anointed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you that we were able to come today. We are able to have received today. And we are so thankful for these children, Father, that have made great progress in their 12 years plus in academic studies. Bless them now, Father. Help them to do exceeding abundantly above all they could ask or think. But God, we thank you. As they go along their way, you will never be forgotten. In fact, they'll get strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we'll see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' precious name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.